Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is the very passionate Hollis Citron. Based in New Jersey, Hollis is a retired art teacher, host of the Creative Conversations podcast, and founder and owner of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. She is on a mission to make creativity accessible to everyone because it is, in fact, within all of us. I'm so happy to have her here today to share her powerful journey. Welcome, Hollis. Hi, thank you so much, Ken. So happy to be here. As a fellow Jersey girl, I welcome you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we are kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, the New Jersey Turnpike, all the things, the Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, we could, I could take a, a walk down memory lane forever. <laughs> I have to say I'm a Philly girl, but I lived in Jersey for almost, I think, 19 years, which is crazy that that much time has gone by. It was yeah. supposed to be five. Years. Well, you know, I've been in Canada now for 13 and that was supposed to be two or three. So <laughs> life, life brings us in all different directions and we have to go with the flow, right? <laughs> it does. It does. So a part of your mission is to expand society's current definition of creativity. So I'd love to hear what creativity means to you and why you think it's so important to explore that in our everyday lives. To me, I simply define creativity as uh, your expression, your voice. And everybody has one. And I think we deny ourselves it for a long time or we're very restricted by how we look at that word creativity, which when you look up the definition, it really means the formation of an idea or an object, which we do all the time. But it's become this quote unquote societal way of thinking of creativity as being very restricted. It belongs to people who hang their work in certain spaces. It belongs to the people who get on stage. It belongs to people who kind of have this bigger voice. Whereas I feel like when you empower people to see that what they're doing is valid, is just as powerful, it's just different than what they're putting this formalized definition on. It just, you know, it just changes the way that you connect and exist as a human. Yeah, I think that's really important to expand that definition because when I think of creativity, I do tend to think of like, art. And when I think about art, I think about like painting or drawing, and I've always been terrible at that. So I always would always hesitate to define myself as an artist or as a creative person because of that. And why should I put that restriction on myself? Why would any of us, right? So I love that you're trying to sort of break open that uh, narrow definition and sort of welcome everybody into that creative space to express themselves. Thank you. It's, I I have a tagline, creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. And it's just such, I guess it's one of my pet peeves when, you know, you do the whole introducing of each other. Hi, what do you do? Hi, what do you do? And, uh, you know, I'm an art teacher. Uh, When I meet immediately, people say, I can't draw or paint. (laughs) Like it's just, (laughs) I mean, and I say, well, neither can I. Like I went to art school, but I went for play and I had to take a foundation art year, which is, and I actually got a D in drawing, Um, (laughs) but but it just, that's a whole story into itself, but it's it's just this immediate people getting this defensiveness. So it's me like wanting to be like, okay, well, what do you do? Like, what do you enjoy? Oh, well, I really enjoy, um, I enjoy running. I'm a runner. 
well, that's amazing. I mean, my gosh, that's a, that's your outlet. That's your expression. That's your voice. You sit around the business table. You help problem solve. You help come up with ideas and solutions. You collaborate with others. You do. That's a creativity. It's a formation of an idea or an object. And I feel like when it comes to people's attention and they see it, 99.9% of people say, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And their body posture changes. So how did this become a passion for you? I was always really shy as a kid. It wasn't like I just hung out in my bedroom and didn't interact with people. I was just very, I turned red and not like a pretty shade of red. It was actually more on the shade of purple with blotches. And I hid because it was like wearing my emotions on my sleeve, but literally on my body. So I couldn't hide anything. So people would see things and I'd be like, well, I don't want people to see that about me. So I just kind of want to hide. So I wasn't really expressing myself. I wasn't really showing myself for who I, who I am and who I was. But at the same time, very empathetic, compassionate. So always there for the underdog. And the short, literally, I'm like five feet. So when I was in kindergarten, I was the kid who they told me to stand and I was as tall as everybody sitting. But yet I was standing up for the kid that was getting picked on. And people would look at me like, who are you? But there I could kind of find my voice. There I was kind of like, what are you doing? Da, da, da. But I think that my expression really finally started to blossom when I was faced with certain, I don't know if you call them challenges, but you know, went through college, went to art school. I didn't always know what I wanted to do. I just kind of was like, oh, well, let me try this. And wasn't the kid that was like, I'm going to art school. I kind of ended up in art school. And wasn't the person that was like, I'm going to teach, even though I was surrounded. My mom was a Philly school teacher, 33 years. So I all of a sudden was presented with this residency, this artisan residency. And they said, well, with this, you need to teach. I'm like, who the hell am I? I'm 21 years old. Why would they want to listen to me? And I did it and I liked it. And it was so funny. There were two adults standing across from each other and they were painting and one adult said to the other adult, can I borrow a paintbrush? And the other one said, sure, as long as you give it back. And that was like a light bulb moment to me. I'm like, holy shit, they're kids. <laughs> they're adults, <laughs> but they're kids because they're at the beginning point of starting something. So it made me more of the expert per se, where they would listen to me because I have more experience. So that age barrier kind of got washed away and it pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I think I was just kind of presented with those situations over and over again. So I realized that instead of shying away from it, I stepped into it. So tell me about your teaching career and how that influenced your experience with creativity. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, I look back and realize I've been doing this for 30 years, which is insane. Again, I don't know where that time went. But when I go back to the 90s and I realized that at one point we moved out to California, I worked with special needs students, being an art teacher, came back, I decided I wanted to get my master's. So I got a master's in art education and we were living in New York and I worked for this incredible organization called Studio in the School. And I learned so much in that space. I worked for them for like four or five years and we did artisan residencies. I got to work in so many different settings, got to work in public schools, got to work in homeless shelters, got to work in like just in all different boroughs all around the city. And what was beautiful about their program was we worked with the teachers, the kids and the parents. So it was very inclusive. So it was a very much understanding about the process and the understanding of art and why it's important. 
So in this one particular class, there's so many stories for that, but in this one particular time, I was going to Brooklyn into this kindergarten class that was an inclusion setting, meaning there's a special ed teacher and a general ed teacher. And this has really set the course for my whole, I think why I am creative exists. And it's been 25 years or however long it's been. And I still think about this little boy that kind of set this whole process in motion. So in this class, in short, what would happen is I go in, I do an intro, have a hands-on time and a sharing time. So this particular day, we were working with collage. Did the intro, the kids were creating their collages. When it came to sharing time, there was this one little boy who was a, he was a selective mute and he never spoke during class. Kind of going back to the two teachers in the classroom, one of them was a screamer. He just yelled all the time. He's a horrible man. So as I asked who wanted to share, this little boy who never spoke, raised his hand. So in my head, I'm doing a friggin' party. I'm just like, oh my God. I didn't know this kid's full story. I just knew that he had a story and it was a rough one. So he raises his hand and the screamer says, you want to talk? You want to talk. You never want to talk. Fine, go ahead, talk. So in my head, I'm just like, you motherfucker. (laughs) Like, how dare you? Oh my gosh. So in my head, what do I do? What do I do? I went over. I, and here I am in my twenties. I'm just starting my career. It's not my room. I'm like, what do I do? I can't have face off with this guy. So I walked over to the little boy, held up his work, said, who would like to tell him something that they like? There was some back and forth. We got to clean up. I bent down next to him. And I said, what did you want to say, sweetie? And he said, I like the color blue. Oh, And I, again, thought, you fucker. Yeah. This is what people do for whatever reasons that they do it, that they need to shut other people down. So this poor little boy, he had to live with him every day for his whole kindergarten grade. I got to leave and only come in once a week for six weeks. So I hope that he had the support to be able to get him through. But that's really what my company is about. My company is about giving people a safe space to express themselves. Because you really never know once people open themselves up to that, what else, like what that ripple effect is, right? And I think as I was teaching in all the different places that I've taught in public schools, private schools, having my own businesses, it was always wanting to create that safe space, that safe container where people could feel expressive. And all of the kids, you know, working from two to 100. But, you know, we have paradigms, we have beliefs, we have all these things. And as kids, you see it, you see it as early as it starts to kick in really young. You start to really see it at like fourth grade, where it starts to all that I can't, if you start to lose that innocence, because you don't know what's being said at home or not even at home. All it takes is for somebody to say something. You don't realize the power of words. You say something and it could be an offhanded kind of thing, but somebody kind of takes it in and it's not like you feel bad about everything that comes out of your mouth, but somebody might never want to do something again because they drew an elephant and they were told that they drew it blue and they told it should be gray and they just never wanted to do it again. So I don't know, there's a lot that comes with it, but I always just found that all the way through my teaching career, you have an expression, you have something to say, you're going to mess up, you're going to make mistakes, mistakes feel like they suck, but they're good, 
in order to realize what you want and how to get better. Yeah. Giving kids and adults really that mindset around giving yourself permission to make mistakes, to try new things and not be afraid to fail, quote unquote, right? Because we know now that those are really opportunities to learn and to do better. There is such a negative connotation around failure, but at its simplest, it's an opportunity to learn, right? You need to have the contrast. You need to screw up in order to know what you want. And we're not perfect. We're human. So we're going to make mistakes. We're going to realize things that we don't like, things that we wish we did better. It's within everything. It's within life. You make decisions all the time and you just have to be okay with maybe that one wasn't the best, but let's just move forward. And for me, I can say it's been a process of not dwelling on things, that fixation thing, which does not allow for creativity. Yeah. I'd be the queen of, you know, my husband would go to bed earlier and I'd be the, the night owl and I'd wake him up and say, I've been thinking. He's like, shit. She's been thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sound asleep and he's going, aha, aha, aha. Like I just need to get it out of my head. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that transition from teaching to what you're doing now. What brought on that decision for you to take an early retirement and start your own thing? Basically the fucking fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through the fucking forties right now. So, Hey, how are you? <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> At 51, I was just like, I am halfway there. If not more, I don't know if I'm living to be a hundred, like who knows, but it's halfway there. And I've spent so much time locked up in fear and questioning myself and uh, not being able to be fully present for my family, for myself, just in life, like caught up in all this other silly stuff. So I had my company formed in 2016, didn't really give it the full time because teaching kind of encapsulated everything. And I gratefully had the support of my family behind me. And I have to say, it's been, you know, honest, being straight honest at certain points, you know, there isn't the consistency of the paycheck, but I've grown in so many ways that are so far beyond any of that. So much more confidence, so much more present for my kids. So much, they're older now, um, 18 and 21, but your kids need you at every stage. And it's nice for them, you know, my 18 year old, at the time she was like 16 when I chose to leave. And I just noticed her saying more so because I'd come home crying and cranky and I hadn't eaten for the whole day because I just, you know, worked the whole day and, She'd say, are you mad at me or are you mad at the situation? Are you mad at them? And I'd call my students, my kids. She's like, are you talking about us kids or them kids? Like, who are you talking about? And she was used to me teaching for all this time. So it was never like, she was just used to seeing me within that role. But I think it was getting to a point where I was realizing that I'm not being nice to them, to my own kids. I'm not being there for them and I'm not being kind to them. So I wanted that change. That was really wise of her at 16 to make that distinction between like knowing, like, is mommy mad at me or the situation? Wow. I mean, that's, I don't know if I would have realized that for another 20 years <laughs> if I was her. Yeah, she's honestly, she's pretty, I have to say, it's not just because she's my kid. She's very aware. Like she was talking at two and she decided not to wear diapers. And I had a conversation where I'm like, so you mean to say that you're going to go to the bathroom? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and she did. 
So yeah, she's always been, I think she came out talking to the doctor. Like she's just always been that way. Very direct. (laughs) So you mentioned earlier about working with clay aside from that, or, or in addition to that, how do you express your own creativity? It's really been a lot through collage lately. Whatever kind of flows through me in the moment, I kind of get these ideas and with the ideas, I figure what medium is the best way to do that. So as far as the visual arts go, it's kind of like collage, clay, sometimes adding some watercolor, some different stuff into there. Lately, I've also been writing and I have to say cooking more so and um, moving my body, like much more about movement, wanting to move it more towards like formalized yoga. I always am in and out of that, but like taking walks, being in nature more, like that's what I consider all being underneath that umbrella of being in these spaces of nurturing, of, of creating this balance and connection in order to be able to let the expressiveness out. And when you tap into those creative things, what are the benefits that you feel that come out of being able to express yourself in that way? I mean, it's like if I go out into nature and I mean, can you relate to like when you go out into nature and you just kind of free yourself or stop thinking about, well, I need to do this, this, and that, and all these like checklists. And you actually smell the air and you actually can touch a tree and you actually see the birds flying by and you're listening to the sounds around. It just, it's centering. And it kind of, I I find that's when the ideas kind of drop in and pop in is when you kind of release all that other stuff, because it's, I find myself saying it a lot. It's like we're gripping, we're just holding on. And when we're holding, we can't flow, we can't express, we can't expand, we can't solve a problem because we're so worried about what's happening and the how. I mean, don't you find that when you get caught up in the how? Oh, yeah. We don't always know the how. So it's like focusing on, okay, well, this is, I have this idea, so I'm going to start here. And it's not necessarily going to go exactly as planned (laughs) from A to Z. There could be a lot of zigzagging going on. It's going to get there where you're meant to be. Right. Yeah. When you said flow, it reminded me of this quote that I am absolutely in love with over the last few months. And it's flowing will get you places forcing never could. And I just love it so much. And it's just what you described. It's just letting yourself sort of, whether it's in nature or whatever other expression you find joy with, but letting yourself sort of just be quiet and just do something that brings you joy and let that goodness flow and see what happens from there. Yeah. I feel like you get accused for being like hippie jerky, but I think, yeah, I think it applies everywhere. I think it's just really letting, like you said, letting go. Yeah. Letting go of the tightness of it because one, it doesn't feel good because your whole body tenses up. I mean, I find it's kind of like if I'm sitting there thinking about how am I going to solve the problem? It sounds different when you're like, ah, I'm not going to solve this problem. How am I going to solve it? How, how? Then there's kind of like this, it's stuck. It's not moving anywhere and your body tightens up. But if you sit down or walk or dance or whatever, and you're like, how am I going to solve this problem? And like you said, you pause. Then your body is not stiffening up. Your brain isn't. There's more space to be able to have 
communication, potentially collaborate to, it just has more room. Yeah. I know that feeling of tension well, unfortunately, especially like up in my shoulders, you know, when your shoulders are like up at your ears kind of a thing. So yeah, releasing that and trying to embrace some of that flow is uh, is something I'm learning. (laughs) But uh, yeah, to try to let go a bit of that control and just sort of embrace trust, you know, trusting that the path, trusting that process is a big one. I love those two words. Yeah. Control and trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, we want to control things because we want to get that certain outcome as we think about how, like how it's supposed to be. But there's that trust thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it turns out very differently than we thought, but that can be a very good thing. Exactly. I didn't know I was going to start a publishing house. I had no idea that was going to happen. But these opportunities just kind of presented themselves. And then through the podcast, it just felt like a natural arm and a platform of something that I always wanted, which was to give people a space to tell their stories. I always thought, even when I was a kid, I always saw life as a movie. And it's so funny that I married uh, a person who's an editor and directing theater, film, and video. But I always thought of my each person is their own character and you play the main character. And even when you brush up against somebody, they become like a little character in your movie, whether you talk to them or don't, they're still like within your scene, seeing it kind of within that framework. So uh, I don't know. It was just that whole thing with the story. When I look back on it, it's always, it's always there. Yes. Oh, well, I obviously can totally relate to that and, and love sharing people's stories. There's such power in it. Yeah. So tell me, If you could put your life lesson that you'd like to share to inspire and empower other women into like a little nutshell, (laughs) what would that be? Give yourself permission. Allow for permission. We get so caught up in the shoulds. We get so caught up and we like to take care of people. We like to take care of things, whether it's within the business place, whether it's within the family, whether it's often the problem solver and, uh, a lot of times we put ourselves last. So that's very much also where, you know, my mission kind of comes from is wanting to help adults stop adulting and open up that space for the permission to say, you know what, I've always wanted to take a tap dancing class. I don't have to quit my day job. Like I'm not going out there and saying, everybody quit your day job. You hate what you do. Just It's just incorporating more joy in your life. It's incorporating more things that express who you are and you don't have to be good at everything in fact being bad at it can be really fun because it just it's just funny it's just we laugh you're not taking things so seriously so in that not taking so seriously then you're just like you're looser and it's just it's just having fun i love what you said about that you don't have to make some crazy big change in your life that you can do this, you know, you don't have to quit your job and join the circus kind of thing, right? Like you can make little changes to explore that creativity, to, to embrace that joy. And I actually just myself took a a scary step and started doing singing lessons. And so that's my little, you know, it's my 30 minutes a week where I get on, you know, we do it virtually for now and I get on zoom and I, explore this passion I had as a younger person that I hadn't really touched in many years. And it, you're right. It brings me so much joy and 
if we could all just take your advice and try to work a little bit of that into our lives on a regular basis, just what comes from that can be so fulfilling. I'm so happy that you're doing that. I'm so like excited that you're doing that for yourself. Don't you feel more connected to yourself because you're almost like proud of yourself. It's like, I took time for myself. Like, and then you're just happier in the way you interact with everybody else in your life because it's not like you're mad at the world for feeling neglected or not being seen or not being heard or whatever it is. You've actually given yourself, allowed for that space. And I think that's the thing too. We have to realize that we, yes, there are circumstances that can get in the way, but we can also be the biggest obstacle. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like when you're being straight up honest and I found this for myself, it, it's like having enough of a voice to say, no, I need this time for me. This is my time here that I'm carving out and it needs to be respected. Uh, and I'll do the same thing for you, but it, need, it needs to be the, the respected and we need to be able to advocate for ourselves. I agree 100%. Those boundaries are so important and there's something I am working on. <laughs> With virtual school, that's a challenge these days, but, uh, but you're right. We still need to carve out that time for us. It's, it's beyond important. Once you get a taste of it, you're like, Ooh, so true. I think what you just said is important because it's real. People could be listening and being like, well, Hollis, you don't understand. I had, you know, three kids that are being, you know, virtual school and they're in the house all the time and we don't get to, and they're young and those are all real. They're all valid. It's all true. But it's kind of like when the kids go to sleep and you choose to turn on the TV as opposed to sit down and do the writing that maybe you've been dying to do or that belly dancing class that you've been wanting to take. But it's, you know, there's you could just go onto YouTube and learn how to do it. Like it's us being real and saying, I'm going to carve out that time and do it. And this is the time I have. And I might be a little tired, but I'll be more energized after I do it. So true. So what is next for you? What excites you about the future? Yeah, I just feel like it's constant growth, really. I mean, because I just feel like the company is just growing and growing and just feeling more connections. Yeah, it's really just about growth. So I think it's just a continual process. Yeah. And I'm just excited for it. Sounds great. So are you ready for the final five? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> These are the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the first is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, healing. Mm. Healing power that would cover people that were in pain. Oh, that sounds great. When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? I didn't know. <laughs> That's what we said earlier. I truly did not visualize I didn't know. <laughs> It was kind of like open. <laughs> and I look back on that. I'm like, is that weird? Like, was that? And it's so interesting because when we talk about visualization, like my husband and I will talk about, because like, with a lot of mindset work, it's about visualizing. And I would get angry and kind of get stuck. I'm like, I can't visualize it. I can't visualize it. And I realized that this is kind of going back. It's a story. It's not a new thing. It's, but I'm very much an action taker. So I do get an idea in my head. It's like, 
got an idea for I'm creative and was like, okay, let's come up with the name of the company. Let's come up with, and just kind of like take action. So I guess in that sense, but yeah, but on the bigger picture, yeah, I didn't know. If it were your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? I was going through this with my daughter and she was like, because I'm not a foodie. And she's like, don't just say one thing. You can have anything you want. I was like, I don't want to have to shit in my pants for anything. She's like, well, you're going to anyway. (laughs) So um, I would say there was this place in California that had these amazing veggie burgers. And they were really, really big. So like this huge veggie burger with like all this stuff on it and fries. Not that exciting. exciting, No, it sounds yummy. (laughs) Who is a woman in history or present day you admire? Few people came up, but I have to say, I really love the singer Pink. Yeah. I admire the hell out of her. She's so cool. She is. I think she just is. She's honest. She's authentic. And it just feels very natural. And flexible. I've seen her up on those, the silks. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah. Seems like you're, like she'd be somebody cool to hang out with. Yeah. And just talk to and be, just have a real, you could just have a conversation with, with no weirdness. Yeah. Just be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I agree. She's so cool. Well, last but not least, what is your favorite quote? Um, I have to say, creativity is a meditation with your eyes open. Ooh, I like that. And it came through from my dad who's been gone for 18 years and my mom went to a medium and this person didn't know anything about me and she said your husband wanted it you to pass this along to your daughter oh wow that is a beautiful hollis citron original <laughs> so, i have to say it's an alan gross original <laughs> came from him but yeah yeah so oh, yeah i, I it. kind of it falls into i was like oh my gosh that's insane yeah that's my company That's great. Needs to be heard. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your story. It's been amazing. I really appreciate creating the space and the conversation just feels like it's just, it's important. It's just felt very good. So thank you.